This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome to Catitude. This is your show host, Michelle Fern. You know, cats have been having their moment. Actually, I think they've been having their moment for a couple years now, and I don't think it's peaked. I think it's, you know, just going and going, and who knows where it'll end up. But, you know, with that said, there's a lot of things to think about that we need for, you know, cats and cat professionals. And we're going to talk about something very cool that one of my guests created, and I can't wait to um, tell you all about it. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Does your pet's breath leave a bit or a lot to be desired? You can give your pet the gift of sweeter breath, and you'll get sweeter kisses with Probiora Pet. Bad breath is the result of harmful bacteria, which lives in your pet's mouth. And that harmful bacteria can lead to serious health problems. The solution is to crowd out that bad bacteria with positive bacteria. All it takes is one scoop a day of Probiora Pet mixed into their food to replenish the good bacteria. That's it. This all-natural, no-taste, no-odor powder is the only dental care probiotic for pets which delivers beneficial bacteria which supports tooth and gum health and crowds out the bad. A healthy body starts with a healthy mouth, and Probiora Pet is the best way to give your pet a healthy mouth. And our listeners get a 10% discount using PLR10 at checkout. To purchase, go to ProbioraHealth.com. That's ProbioraHealth.com, and use code PLR10 at checkout for 10% off. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone. I'd like to introduce Dr. Rachel Geller. She's a cat behaviorist author, and as well as an education specialist in many cat-specific organizations. And I'd also like to welcome Dan Reinhold. He is known as the cat copywriter. He is the, I believe, developer and creator of the Cat Business Professionals Network. Welcome, Rachel and Dan. We feel very welcome. Thank you. Very, very welcome. Thank you. Glad to have you here. So let's talk about, first of all, you both have pretty unique backgrounds when it comes to the cat industry. So Rachel, can you give us a little brief background about yourself? I would love to. I will say that as a certified cat behaviorist, it is something that a lot of people aren't used to hearing about. It's a little bit of a different profession. There are definitely dog trainers and canine specialists, but not as many cat behaviorists. So I became certified through the Humane Society of the United States in a program called Cat Behavior and Retention. And what I do now is I do run a cat behavior and retention program where I help adopters who may be considering surrendering their cat due to a behavior problem. I help shelters who may have fractious, semi-feral, shy and withdrawn cats socialize those cats. And I, I do a lot of training sessions for volunteers at shelters in fear-free 
shelter, in the fear-free shelter environment. So I love what I do, all cat, all the time, and I couldn't be any happier doing, you know, I just think cats are the most precious, perfect creatures in the world. So I'm thrilled with what I'm doing. Okay. Well, you bring a wealth of knowledge. And, you know, I think you're right about cat behaviorists. I mean, I know four, but hey, I mean, I I host Catitude and I've done so many shows, but that's like four or five. That's nothing. That is nothing. And if you look at a lot of shelters, you'll see, you know, they have like a dog trainer on staff, but they they rarely have, you know, a cat behaviorist on staff. And I should mention that I actually do all of my work completely free of charge to individuals and to shelters. It's my personal mission in life that I never wanted to be a financial barrier preventing people from keeping their cats in their homes. That's wonderful that you do that. If there's anything I think we need more of is understanding cats because they're not like dogs. They're just their own, you know, you have to understand them. Yes. Really, really understand them. They give you, there's no clues. You know, it's just, I've learned a lot because I started with dogs and then I became a cat person. So, Dan, can you give us a little background about yourself? Well, to start out, I've had over 30 years of being with cats. I came from a family that absolutely hated cats. So I assumed I I must not like them either. And then one day I uh, came home while I was in college and uh, discovered a small black a very loud and insistent kitten waiting for me in a big cardboard box. And it, I opened the box and looked at him, he looked at me, meowing to beat the band. And I'm thinking, a cat? What am I going to do with a cat? I don't even like cats. But of course, he had other plans. And uh, fortunately for us both, we had uh, about three months alone time together to bond. So uh, Spooky was my uh, first and uh, my best four-footed furry feline friend of my life. And uh, he, he left me far too soon. And when the course of having uh, cats as time went on, which oddly enough came to me, I didn't really seek out any cats. I'd, I'd, I might come home and my wife would have another one or someone would come by and say, oh, you like cats here. That's how it always happens. And fortunately, it all, it all worked out well. And, and <laughs> So let's talk about this organization that you created, the Cat Business Professionals Network. What made you decide to start this? Well, I started out with copywriting a, a few years back and really put my nose to the, the grindstone to get the training out of the way and just be prepared for what I wanted to do. At the time I started, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but it dawned on me quickly enough that the only really obvious choice for me was going to be cats. All the time I had with them, all the part of my life, I've raised my sons to love cats too. And so with, with that progression and talking with and working with cat businesses and, and some some nonprofits, it occurred to me that much more could be done. There were some deficiencies, some problems in the entire cat industry, which would be both businesses and nonprofits. It would be possible for them to all work together, proving communication, collaboration for the benefit of cats. Because by doing so, not only do cat businesses better serve cats currently in homes, but they can facilitate the placement of cats in nonprofit organizations in homes and keep that circle constantly turning. So let's talk about with the Cat Professionals Network and 
there's so many aspects when you think about cats and cats needs, you know, you know, Rachel's a behaviorist, cat behaviorist, and that's a very specialized area. There's veterinarians and there's, I know there's organizations separately, you know, there's veterinary organizations, probably that's the most popular. And then there's, I think cat behaviorists, I think that's not as maybe joined together, but there, it seems like there's these networks, but they're, I don't want to use the word lame, but they're, they're not as uh, cohesive as they should be. Oh, no. I, so I think with what you're trying to do with the Cat Professionals Network is just bring everybody together. And it's, again, all in the benefit for cats. So basically, your network is for the cat professionals, whether they're professional sitters, uh, behaviorists, veterinarians, vet techs, or what have you. Is that correct? Yep. Anyone and everyone who's involved in cat business. If your business is cats and you're in cat business, uh, that's the bottom line, no matter what segment you may be in. The problem, as you, you mentioned briefly there, is just that. There's a lack of cohesion because there's several segmented groups that don't communicate and cooperate with each other. So we're looking for uh, developing more of that. When I first created the uh, Cat Business Professionals Networking Group on LinkedIn, those were things I had in mind. Basically, the three words, communication, develops collaboration, which in turn leads to cohesion. And that way, everyone's working together for the common goal of helping cats. And from that, I am taking it a few steps further to create the Cat Business Alliance, which is literally the blending of cat business and cat nonprofits to ensure that all are working for the good of cats. I love that idea coming from the nonprofit world. And, and you're right, Dan. I mean, even as a cat behaviorist, you know, I'm on different listservs or Facebook groups or Instagram groups, and there is no commonality or way for these all of these disparate groups to communicate with each other. So I'm very excited about your idea. And even as a nonprofit, I mean, there are products that I use and I would love to be able to connect with other professionals. You know, sometimes I'll suggest a pheromone product or sometimes I'll suggest a particular type of fishing pole type toy. So I think this is such an exciting idea. Rachel, you kind of jumped the gun is exactly what I was going to say is because you're like your business would be a part of this and, you know, where you see the need and, and all of that. Do you think that when you said some groups are not, do you think there would be some, you know, challenges from, say, veterinarians and people that are on the other scope where there may be TNR specialists or, you know, do what you do, um, Rachel, with the cat behaviorists and all this education and so much that you do for all the nonprofits? Do you think that's where some of the challenges lay? I think there's there's room for everyone. I mean, I know I work with a lot of veterinarians hand in hand. You know, some cats do need a pharmacological approach, but medication alone is never going to resolve an issue. So I often work hand in hand with veterinarians. And I do see, I guess there, to answer your question, I guess there's challenges with any new, you know, organization or trying to do something different. But I feel like there's a space for everyone. You know, if someone's doing TNR, and they're maybe bringing in semi-feral or feral cats. Well, that's something that a cat behaviorist can get involved with. So I think there is room for a lot of interconnectivity in Dan's idea. And it just might be a matter of having some of us sort of think differently. And, you know, we're not all, we're not all used to collaborating in this way. So that might be the challenge. But I think once people sign on and see what 
and see the benefits and see everything there is to offer that people will quickly say, you know, this is definitely something I want to be part of. Exactly. And as you were talking about this, I, you know, what came to mind, you know, that thing, chain is only as strong as its links. Well, that's kind of a kind of the analogy that just came into my mind, because yes, all of the parts are going to make the whole even better. And let's talk about how would this affect the cat pet parent? Because there's a lot of people that listen that are, you know, in the cat business, whether it's, um, you know, rescue or behavior or just author. There's a lot of different people that listen to Catitude, but most are probably cat pet parents. How do you think the cat pet parent will benefit from the uh, Cat Professionals Network? Well, I'm really glad you asked that. They will benefit greatly from this type of effort, this mission, because it will involve everyone in discussing these things, bringing them up, having conversations with parents, especially new cat parents about the proper care of their cats. Now, today, those who are doing most of the talking are the veterinarians. Unfortunately, the veterinarian's advice is often not well received because the light that goes on in the head of the the cat parent at that point is, oh, annual exams. You just want to get more money out of me. You want to find something that isn't a real problem because cats take care of themselves, obviously. So more people need to be involved in that conversation. I mean, the way we've been conditioned by the internet over the years, or you could say the way it's warped our brains, is that attention spans have, have literally shrunk. And we now, best consumed, can really only tolerate short bursts of information. And it has to be well-targeted and digestible. Um, long, drawn-out articles in medical journals and, and the like are great for, for those professionals who benefit from the information. But to the average person, they're just going to look at it and say, what? what's that? So what I'm looking at is ways that everyone can have conversations with cat parents and with each other so that they can facilitate their own networking and develop their own referrals. There's certainly no reason that a cat sitter in town and a cat boarder in town cannot talk and discuss the topic of referrals. What do you do with your overflow? What do you do at vacation time? What if a particular cat is not suited to a sitter, but is well suited to a boarding situation? Shouldn't both know about that and discuss it and how they can benefit mutually from it and develop their businesses in the process? Okay, we're going to take a short break. I have more questions for you, Dan. I'm curious as uh, I see the future of this. So we'll be right back after this message. Hey everyone, Michelle Fern here. You know, everyone has things they can't stand doing. I hate dusting and dealing with car repairs. And I really, really hate the idea of spending a Saturday at the mall shopping. All of that online here. But I really can't stand cleaning up and scooping the cat litter. Ugh, forget it. But I love my fur balls. Where would I be without my cats? But the smell and the scooping and the scraping of that stuck-on mess. Ugh, the answer? Arm & Hammer Slide Litter. This litter slides right out, leaving nothing behind. You still may not love cleaning the litter box, but now you could just slide out the funk. Arm & Hammer Slide Litter. More power to you. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com
Welcome back, everyone. We're talking to Dan and Rachel about the Cat Business Professionals Network. So, Dan, you were telling me about how the cat pet parent would benefit from, you know, I don't know a, a great deal about your network, but as just looking at it from a cat pet parent, I'm thinking that it would be a great resource for me to go to this one place and be able to find a lot of information about a lot of different kinds of resources for my cats. Is that maybe the future goal? I know now that you're in the you know startup phase, but is that something you've thought about, say, down the road? I wouldn't describe it as, as becoming the definitive resource for cat parents, quite honestly, because there are several excellent resources currently in place that offer a wealth of information for uh, pet parents. I'd like to integrate that more than it has been. For instance, you've both heard of the Catalyst Council and the American Association of Feline Practitioners. Most people haven't. And if they had heard of them, they wouldn't know what they were all about, what, what they do. Uh, what might be available to them there, or perhaps even how to define them. We want people to be able to locate several resources within this overall umbrella, both in terms of of business, uh, fundraising, and uh, the educational needs of uh, cat parents. Rachel, how do you see this benefiting the cat industry? Well, the vast majority of cats who are surrendered to shelters are surrendered due to behavior problems. Most cats who have litter box issues are surrendered because cat pee is really smelly. And if you've already had three couches that are ruined, you're probably going to return that cat. Same for inappropriate scratching and problems in multi-cat households. So most of these reasons for returns are behavioral. So if there is a way that from the shelter to the cat behaviorist, to the veterinarian, to the pet parent, to products that work. You know, this is a a very valuable resource from somebody from my perspective. You know, if a cat isn't using the litter box, it could be medical because if the cat has pain, you know, that cat will then associate the pain with the box. So here we can integrate my work with veterinary work. Perhaps it's a product, you know, cats are very tactile creatures. So maybe it's a litter aversion and not a litter box aversion. So this will bring together so many resources and so many aspects of cat life. You know, cat behavior never occurs in a vacuum. So having access to all of these resources in one place with with real professionals in the industry who can really provide good information, you know, not cat myths, things that you hear, as Dan said, on the internet, you know, people who want to provide factual, well-researched information to help people connect over their cats. Okay. So let me see if I got this right. So it's focused on cat professionals together, making better decisions or learning more about their industry and how their industry interconnects with others industries within the, you know, the overall cat community. And then how does it reach the pet parent? How does the pet parent get this information or, or learn about it? Or um, how does it benefit them? Or does it? Maybe it's just for cat professionals. Well, as we have both the business and, and the fundraising side working together and learning more about each, each other, quite honestly, in a way that brings the cat parent in to the, the cat business because they may be sponsoring local fundraisers. They may be uh, offering their own. They may be active in the community more, as the fundraisers would be. One key aspect of this model is that many expenses that 
cap businesses normally have in the course of doing business can provide a small yet significant amount of additional uh, donations, revenues to nonprofits, different uh, services or, or software they might use in the course of business, like for their online presence, their hosting, their autoresponders for their newsletters, that sort of thing, can keep a cash flow going. If they need any other type of business services in the terms of marketing, those can also help provide donations for cat nonprofits by allocating a, a part of the fee to donation. Okay, that explains a lot. So it's it's really just a lot for the cat professional just to be so much more cohesive than it is now because it's very disjointed for the most part. Where do you see the future? You know, you have maybe, I don't know, 10, 40, 50,000, 100,000 members and so forth. What would be the next step? Or is that it? What do you see as the future goal? What would you want to happen, say, maybe five years from now? Five years from now. Well, I would certainly love to find that many more cats are uh, finding their ways into loving homes. That's a, obviously a, a top priority. We're not doing them any good unless they're uh, they're connecting with people who need them, quite honestly. Of and, course. Uh, the, the mutual needs they have and to develop that cat human bond. Rachel, what do you see as your role in this since you're a part of, you know, a group with the cat, you know, behaviorist kind of group, which is part of, you know, the whole cat professionals network? What would you like to see, you know, in five years from now? What I'd like to see, and, you know, Dan's probably going to say, oh my goodness, I didn't plan on that. <laughs> but, you know, I think that idea of really working hand in hand with me as a cat behaviorist, with the veterinarians, with the vet techs, with products that work, with all different aspects of the cat business, products and toys and litter boxes, it is cat business, right? These are, you know, for-profit companies, but they serve a very valuable piece to cat owners who need these items. So how to pick out the right item for your cat, you know, that's like a huge big deal. If you have, you know, go back to the litter box again, if you have an older arthritic cat, you're not going to want a box with very high side. So as a cat behaviorist, maybe I will talk to the veterinarian and say, what have you ruled out medically? You know, is the cat overweight? Is the cat arthritic. And then we can look at the box and then I can suggest products. So I do see like this whole circle that I think what Dan said too is referrals. You know, it would be great if I could refer somebody to a particular synthetic pheromone product that I really like, or I can refer someone to a particular type of fishing pole type toy that I find really works with shy and withdrawn cats. I mean, to the uninitiated, it all seems the same. But, you know, to a cat, that litter box just isn't any old box with a bunch of litter in it. There's a lot that goes into it. So I really feel there's a lot of synergy with the different products, the cat behavior, the vet world, you know, of course, pet parents, shelters. You know, when I go into shelters and do things like fear-free presentations, you know, here again is another organization that instead of being fear-free is separate over here and humane society is separate over here. You know, there's a way we can integrate all of these different orgs in one place. From listening to both of you, I think that the knowledge gained is going to be one of the best assets of, you know, the Cat Professionals Network, because there's so much more knowledge that can be interacted between, you know, different people, as you just said, Rachel, with learning about different uh, products and so forth, that I 
think that would be huge. Okay, I have a fun question for you guys. Do you both have cats now? Yes. Oh, yes. I have two cats. Okay, tell us about your cats. Okay, well, so since I am a cat behaviorist, I always take the cats that nobody else wants. So my first cat was abused and beaten and hit. So she didn't like people very much. And she was really languishing in the shelter. So I took her home and worked on socializing her. And lo and behold, like a lot of cats, she wanted to love. She wanted to be loved. She just needed to be shown how. So she is now, you know, a real lap cat, sleeps on the bed. Um, so it's a very happy ending. My other cat was thrown in a dumpster. Oh and so God. he also did not have a great experience with people. He was very shy, very withdrawn, very skittish. And now he is just a real lap cat. It's rare that I can sit at the computer or do anything um, without this cat finding my lap. And even downstairs, if I'm working out of my home gym, and if I'm doing you know, shoulder presses, he'll be sitting on my lap watching the weights go up and down. So <laughs> he's, he's, he really wants to be with me all the time, which is lovely considering where he came from. Exactly. I'm always amazed by what someone with your knowledge and your skill as a cat behaviorist can do, because it's just, it's amazing. Assembly amazing. So thank, thank you for all you do. Dan, tell us about your cats. Well, I have two older sister cats. They're pushing 11 right about now. And uh, unfortunately for them, my wife was uh, told of the availability of a feral kitten by a, a co-worker that he had uh, trapped from a, the local colony. That little kitten uh, was kept in a spare bedroom most of the time. And it only had some brief human interactions for feedings and litter box changes. And there was nothing wrong with the people that were raising him. They weren't, didn't do that to be mean or neglectful <laughs> because they also fostered five dogs. And this poor little kitten was in this room by himself with five big dogs. These, the, the, oh, no chihuahuas here. This, this was big dogs outside the door, sniffing and you know, barking, maybe scratching now and then. And he didn't probably appreciate that very much. And by the time he came to me, he was uh, more along the lines of five or six months old, which I knew to be a, a problem because uh, his social relation hadn't begun yet by that point. And he was a, a handful for a while. He's now approaching his uh, third year. And what he'll, he's been doing recently, as I sit on the couch my morning cup of coffee, creeping onto the couch and start to climb on my leg. Sometimes he's even climbed as, as far as my ribs. And he says, oh, yeah, no, not today. And he turns around and he, and he lies down there on the couch. But he's doing it. And that's the way he, he managed to come as, as far as he, he has in so many other ways. So that's been very good to see. That's wonderful. Okay, now for let's wrap up. Where can all of the cat business people that are listening in or, you know, cat pet parents that use cat behaviorist or cat sitters, where can they find your cat professionals network so they can um, tell these people to join or join themselves? Okay. The Cat Business Professionals Networking Group on LinkedIn uh, is private so that we can have whatever discussions we like uh, amongst ourselves and uh, help one another out at this time. So just the primary function of, of that group. So it's by invitation only. If anyone should happen to contact me through LinkedIn, my LinkedIn page is dan Reinhold. And you'll find me. You can type in the term cat copywriter in, in the search box in LinkedIn and I pop up. Okay. 
cat copywriter. Okay. So, so if you are a actual cat business, not just a cat aficionado, not just a cat parent, not just someone who you know is not actually in, involved in the business of cats, feel free to contact me and request an invitation to join. I'll be glad to accommodate you. For pet parents and, and all others who might have questions or comments, they can contact me at the Gmail account I've I set up for uh, this project in the in the making here. It's help more cats at gmail.com. Okay. And we will try to get it in the page that is set up for Pet Life Radio. I want to thank both of you, Dan and Rachel, for coming on Catitude and sharing all this great information about the Cat Professionals Network. I wish you great success. So thank you so much. This has been lovely. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much, Michelle. All right. Thanks. Appreciate it. I hope everybody really enjoyed the show. It was a lot of eye-opening information about, you know, cat business professionals. And, you know, as cat pet parents, this is something we should know about because we use these services. So be sure to look up Dan if you're a cat business professional. Type in cat copywriter in LinkedIn. You'll find his information and you can potentially join the Cat Professionals Network. I'd like to thank my guests for coming on today. I'd like to thank Mark Winter for doing a great job in making me and my guests sound amazing. And thanks to my cats, which have taught me so much. Uh, Molly and Jethro and Sammy and Charlotte and Dennis. And remember, lose the attitude. Have catitude. Let's Talk Pets. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com.